Welcome to Mediterranean Hello. Sustainability Partners. This is a very special episode of the podcast. And my guest today is Andrea Dunn. Andrea, bonjour. Bonjour. Thank you for having me. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me, Andrea. Um, you've inspired me. And I wanted to thank you for that inspiration. I wanted you to briefly introduce yourself and what it is that you do and your new venture, The Vine. Sure. Well, thank you so much for having me, first and foremost. And I'm very humbled and honored that you are inspired by my journey. Um, so I appreciate being here. Um, my name is Andrew Dunn. I am the founder of The Vine, which is a social impact network of family offices governments and non-for-profits. We are currently in 70 countries and growing every day, and we'll soon be a tech platform for world leaders to connect more efficiently. That's fantastic. Now, I know this journey has been, you know, an arduous one, like every entrepreneur, right? You're, you're an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. Tell us a little bit about that experience. Sure. Um, my background is actually very different than what I'm doing right now. And if you would have told me a couple of years ago I'd be doing this, I probably would have thought you were crazy. I had <laughs> it was a very unexpected journey. Um, I had been working in finance for a very long time. I worked for Coots Bank and most more recently Morgan Stanley doing private wealth, working with family offices, not even governments. A month before the pandemic hit, I created a chat on WhatsApp to connect some family offices to a few non-for-profits that were close to my heart. I asked them to not do any business. I just literally wanted to connect them and see if we could support them. What we didn't know was that a month later, the global pandemic would hit and the world would be changed forever. And it impacted every living being and in different, in different ways, we all suffered a lot at that time and there was a lot of fear and my chat became a little mini safe space a little microcosm and on all of the chaos because in the chat everybody was real and people that i knew and trusted and we were getting information in real time and we were just like it was a charity chat so we were just trying to solve things right that little chat grew a lot during the pandemic i started getting up to 20 referrals a day while I was still trying to manage my job at the bank. And I started including governments because I had lived in emerging markets for a long time. And I wanted to help them. I knew that they were living on less than a dollar a day, that they would probably be back of the line in terms of vaccines. And my concern was, is, that, is there anything that we can bring them to support them either with tools or education or maybe even natural pseudocals that could support. So I reached out and, and got governments to join my Zoom calls. And fantastic. Yeah, we had ministers, presidents, and this was all from Gmail and from Zoom. And it was <laughs> word of mouth. It was crazy. Amazing. And yes, and we actually were able to create a lot of connections to help them at that time. Um, countries like Czechoslovakia and Haiti and Guatemala and um, and then getting advice from other countries and what they were doing. Like, are you guys, they would ask questions like, are you opening your airports? What are you doing with the prisons? Um, we didn't understand the whole mass debacle. We were trying to figure that out. Um, sure. So there was a lot of questions. And so I came into all of it as a volunteer 
and my volunteer work was simply making connections for people. And, and that's how my, my give was. Last year, we, I left my job at Morgan Stanley and decided to go into this full time. That's a, a leap scary. of faith, right? A yeah, leap of faith, exactly. Andrea. <laughs> exactly. I was terrified, but I was also excited. And that's when I really started studying the future of AI and the potential to connect human beings more efficiently through tech. And so right now I'm a tech startup and trying to solve critical issues around um, connecting impact networks. Fast, that's fantastic. Quick. Yeah, exactly. That's so that's where I'm at now and, and the network runs. Um, we still have our WhatsApp chats, but we connect and we do Zoom calls. We we have meetups around the cities. There's uh, all over the world. We have volunteers in 20 different countries that have given their time to organize uh, these structured conversations with different leaders in, in private settings. And there's obviously a demand for it. They all started paying memberships, which was great. Um, yeah. So the business became Fantastic. profitable in the first year, and now we are using those funds to develop an app for them. So that's that's fantastic. At. That's fantastic. So you, you, like everybody else, myself included, you know, we were all affected by the pandemic. And this was, a, a you know, like a, a genuine opportunity to, to solve problems. Can you tell us a little bit about maybe, and maybe you'll tell us a little bit about your book, because I believe you've written a book, haven't you? Can you tell yeah. us about that? Sure. Um, so I'll just get to the problem part, and then I'll talk about the book part. So I think um, the, the problem that I saw was is that uh, people don't connect very well because they don't trust each other. And in places like LinkedIn or Facebook, there can be fraud or people that are not necessarily being honest about who they are or even where they work True. or went to school. Yeah. And when human, when there's a breakdown of trust, that also breaks down cultural diplomacy because people become afraid of what they don't know and they don't understand. They close off and then they don't open up. So that's the problem that I'm trying to solve, which is how to create connections in a safe space where people are more open, um, which builds bridges. And then yes. the second part is, you know, for the haves, giving back to the have-nots and creating a feedback loop of the have-nots back to the haves. So Perfect. we measure, as a society, we measure success by wealth, unfortunately, which I don't get into that in another day, but I don't believe that success is measured by bank accounts. I, I believe it's measured by our happiness, our health, um, our true, true. contribution to society, and, and then how we give back as individuals, which fulfills us. So what happens is I will get introduced to people who may have sold their company for $100 million, but then they're like, okay, now what? Yeah. Well, where's, my, where's my purpose? Yeah. And that's where the vine comes in. So we will connect them with different non-for-profits or people that can help them go on their philanthropic journey of learning of like maybe it's climate change maybe it's mental health maybe it's cultural diplomacy it could be anything um sure. what moved their soul that's so that's the problem part that's second great. part of the question was about the book you, you mentioned yes. Um, yes that also came about during the pandemic it was also random i wasn't anticipating <laughs> doing a book it was it was community driven we had some conversations with folks in the community and at the time there was a lot of fear and a lot of despair because we were at the height of the pandemic and in particular i was talking to one member from south africa and he was writing a letter to biden 
the time. He wasn't quite president yet. It was October of 2020. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, this could be interesting. I said, maybe we should write more letters or ask the community to collectively write letters and then put a love letter together for the world to inspire them. Wow, what a That's great amazing. idea. Yeah, and I imagine that if you were having the most horrible day of your life and you were in the airport and you picked up this book, I wanted it to like feed your soul. That's how the vision was to, to give you, it's a book of hope after all. So yes. we wanted to inspire hope in people during a dark time. And we ended up with 47 people from 33 countries that contributed to the book. All of them were introduced through a WhatsApp chat, including mm. the Dalai Lama and Jane Goodall and Sylvia Earle and Jim Hansu, and some of the greatest leaders you've never heard of, like some of the refugees in our book. And we even have a, an eight-year-old boy that was oh. doing philanthropy in Mexico City. Oh, my. So it ranges from the age of eight to 95. That's fantastic. And Yes, and congratulations. So yeah, and, and also culturally diplomatic book. We were completely neutral. I did not look at their race, their religion, their politics, even if their countries were at war. I only looked at the whether they were recommended from the group and the heart of the individual. And that was it. It was their willingness to write a letter. And because we all live on planet Earth, and that's what the book became. So that's what it is. It's, it's called The Vine, uh, Messages of Hope from Around the World. And it became a bestseller on Amazon in the US last September. Congratulations. What, what a fantastic opportunity to bring people together, as you said, in cultural diplomacy. So the future, just to conclude, and I know you probably want to inspire other women like you've inspired me on, and you know, this podcast is for Women's International Women's Day on March 8th. Um, maybe you'd like to have some inspiring words for young women who were looking to, you know, do as you have done and, and live their passion out, their passion and their purpose. What would you say to them? I think the biggest lesson that I've learned from all of this is, um, it's a, it's a, it's a short, funny story, but, um, when mm -hmm. I, when I got out of school, I, like all kids, you're looking for a job and I remember I applied to Google so many times that they sent me a letter telling me not to apply anymore. <laughs> Which is kind of funny. And the irony is now that I'm a tech company, but um, and I'm, but I, I think I was pursuing things honestly for the wrong reasons. I think I wanted to make my 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 parents proud, and I think that I had this expectation, this weight on my shoulders that I needed to make money to be successful that I thought that money was the measurement of success. And so that was what I was going after. It took me a long time to figure out that that is a farce and that this is where my advice comes in is whatever it is that you do, whether it's being an artist, um, I don't care if you decide to, whatever it is. I mean, you could, uh, you could be the best at anything. You could be the best dentist. You could be the best at doing hair. But if you go into it with the passion and the joy of loving what you're doing, and then also finding a job that you're you're giving back to society and others, you're giving oh, and not taking, mm. it will reward you abundantly. And Absolutely. So, so that's really my advice is like now, it took me a long time to find a job that I love doing and it doesn't feel like work at yeah. all. There's many <laughs> that I wake up and feel like I'm, I'm working and, and 
people are paying me to 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 help them and that's like the most fulfilling thing so that's my that's, advice simple as that's that. so marvelous and how inspiring again you've inspired me once again dear <laughs> andrea share andrea thank you so much for joining me on this special podcast and we will go out now and inspire you and i both right yay <laughs> absolutely thank you so much thank you thank you oh, thank you so much